and welcome to Here's Johnny's Reviews, the movie review podcast that will slice and dice or praise and hype a movie. Each and every month there's a theme. Since October I thought I would do Haunted House movies, which is my look at the House on Haunted Hill movies, Sleepy Hollow, Ghostbusters 84 and tonight's movie Halloween 2018. Technically that's not a Haunted House movie, but screw it, it works. So, it has come full circle four years after I thought I'd start up a little podcast that would tell the truth about films and not the bullshit PR PC spin crap that most critics do nowadays. Now over 220 podcasts later, I may have changed my original outline, but the core is still there. And here I have the podcast I've been waiting to do all year. A Blumhouse's Halloween 2018. And I may get shit for this, but I don't care. I do not like a Blumhouse a movies. They're all the fucking same. Cheap, tacky, jump fests and scare fests and fucking shit CGI. God knows what else. But... So when I heard they would do the new Halloween, my heart sank. And sure enough, the trailers dropped and my fears were confirmed. This would be nothing but a cheap cash grab and a jump scare fest. Yay. Don't get me wrong, I love the original, 1978 Halloween. I've seen it dozens of times. I own it in every single format it came out on, apart from actual film. But when I walked into this movie last year, I really wanted to like this thing, but I simply couldn't. I walked out not liking this. Then I saw it again on Blu-ray and hated it even more. This will be my third time watching. Will this be... Third time a charm or three strikes and you're out. The hype for this thing was unreal. It was getting Jim Lee Curtis back again and John Carpenter along with Nick Castle, the original shape. It was like getting the band back together again, except Carpenter wasn't directing. He was producing it and doing music for it and that was it. Again, my heart sank. Plus, when I heard this was another reboot that wiped out the timeline for the fourth Time, that was the death nail. So I just slash into this pumpkin and go trick or treating. With its $10 million budget, this thing pulled in $255.5 million, and now we have a new timeline and, sadly, a trilogy. Starring Jamie Lee Curtis, Judy Greer, Andy Matachek, James Jude Courtney and Nick Carso. Directed by David Gordon Green. The plot. 40 years after events of Halloween 1978, Laurie Strode is a gun nut alcoholic basket case. Dead certain Michael will come back for her. And no one wants to be around her, not even her daughter. This all changes on Halloween night as he escapes to kill Laurie and indeed the town. Who will survive and will I give a shit? Find out here. So the movie opens up on all the movie studios that have their grubby little hands on this bloody franchise. Then on to the Asian Asylum, Smith's Grove, and our introduction to two podcasters. And right here is my first big problem. Now, see, I know true podcast, two crime podcasts rather, are huge, and eight podcasts are huge, full stop. But these two, see, this is their fourth podcast, and yet uh, they have their hands on all this Michael Myers stuff with relative ease, plus get access to the man himself. Also have 
thousands of dollars to bribe Laurie with, and they're British? Fuck right off. They are Dana Hines, played by Rihanna Rees, and Erin Corey, played by Jefferson Hall. They get in to see Michael via the <coughs> new Dr. Loomis, Dr. Satan, played by Hulk Billinger. I think I suppose his name, if not, apologies. Who just feels off from the second you see him. He seems to be obsessed with Michael even more than Loomis was. Speaking of which, Dr. Satan takes the two podcasters out into the main courtyard to see Michael, an old blind in one eye man uh, with a puncture mark in his neck where Laurie stabbed him uh, with a needle 40 years earlier. Michael is played by Nick Castle, the original quote-unquote shape. And by the way, they make him look like he's bloody, what, in his 70s? He should be 61. You know, I mean, he looks old in this bloody movie. Far too old. Aaron pulls out the original shutter mask. Again, how the fuck did he get his hands on this state evidence? Showing Michael it, hoping to get the response, but he does nothing, as Dr. Satan looks on with relative interest. And by the way, there's a cutscene where it shows you this, this guy, Aaron, wearing the Shatner mask, stalking uh, the other chick, Dana, in a shower, and he's wearing it as a sex game thing. What the fuck? Uh, this movie. This leads to the single most annoying two minutes in film history, as Aaron stands up like a complete fucking twat, holding up the supposed original mask. Even though that cheap Halloween mask wouldn't have survived 40 years screaming, SAY SOMETHING, uh, at the top of his lungs as guard doors, guard dogs even, bark and whimper as the patients all scream, all the while a bloody alarm buddies on for two fucking minutes. Jesus. Pops the titles with a now reworked Halloween theme and an inflating pumpkin going from rotten to freshly carved. Do you get it? Symbolism! Oy. Right here is where I almost walked out on this the first viewing. Our two um, hero podcasters then track down Laurie Strode, once again played by Jimmy Curtis. And this version of Laurie I do not like. They took her from good girl soul survivor to basket case gunnut alcoholic with a booby-trapped house and acres of land. How the fuck did she afford all this? Did she sue the state? Sue Loomis? The mental hospital? How? It's not explained. Moving the fuck right on. By the way, there's a cutscene. Um, where a drunk Laurie is about to blow her head off with a gun before Aaron and Dana buzz the intercom, but it was rightfully cut, as that would not make any bloody sense. Laurie would want to kill herself, and then the events of this movie would happen. After all, who would set up all the Home Alone-style traps? I mean, move along, fucking Nancy from Mike Elm Street, for crying out loud. Uh, they hand her $3,000 in cash for a rude 30-second interview. And in a cinema, I was hovering in my seat, about to walk out. What the fuck did they do to Laurie? I mean, she's basically playing an even more bitchier version of Laurie from Halloween H2O 20 years earlier. But this one's even more off the fucking rail. She's a gunner alcoholic basket case. Uh, moving on. All she does is rant about the boogeyman, Yawn. Another reason why this movie sucks, Laurie's family, her daughter, yes daughter, and no, not Jimmy Lloyd, or not her son, John Tate. These, he, these two have been wiped out. Karen is played by Judy Greer, her husband, Ray, played by 
Toby Huss, and granddaughter Alison, played by Andy Matachek, who I couldn't give a two fucks about the father is played for a fucking idiot, getting peanut butter on his penis while setting mousetraps. Hilarious. Karen is a psychologist who doesn't want to see her mother after all the trauma and bullshit she forced her to do as a kid, i.e. learn to bare knuckle fight and fire a gun. Yet she seems perfectly balanced and not fucked up basket case like her mother. How's that man work? I mean, mm. Then there's Alison, the Laurie Strode Light. She's an asshole magnet, whether it be her boyfriend or her friend's own BFF. If these two are taking over, I do not want it. Each is as uh, bad and as bland as each other. Boring! On to said boyfriend Cameron, played by Dylan Arnolds. He's a bland pretty boy who, surprise, is a bad boy drunk with octopus hands. Also is the son of Lonnie from Halloween 78, the one that Loomis scares from the Myers house. Yeah, that one. We then meet her best friend, Vicky, played by Virginia Gardner. She's just, surprise, a bland-ass character. Ah, dear God. They walk to school the day before Halloween, during which they talk about the events of 40 years earlier and Laurie's Night of Terror. Here is where they flush the whole franchise again, and I swear to fucking God, this franchise gets rebooted more than a fucking dodgy PC. As they talk about how Michael isn't Laurie's brother, and how the press made that up. How the fuck can the press make that up if she didn't sue the fucking press? Uh, also, what's the big deal? It's only five people worse today. Mass, mass shootings happen every week in America. And that is the sad truth of the state of the bloody affairs in America. This is what I don't get about this bloody movie. One minute it rails on guns. Next Laurie is a pistol-packing grandmother with a London Hamilton kick. Ah yes, and I forgot about stoner douchebro. Dave, played by Miles Rubin, who is the one uncanny little shit that mocks Alison straight to her face about her grandmother. Is it wrong I want Michael to kill everybody on screen and then go after the writers and or fucking directors? Hell, I'd even watch Rob Zombie's Halloween as much as I hate that fucking movie and what he did to the franchise. Over this crap, the dialogue is fucking beyond annoying. Now in school... We get to see just how much of a dick Cameron is, telling Alison he doesn't want to meet her family even after he promised. Oh, I just dumped the douche, bro. Plus, Alison, he isn't all that in a bag of chips. You can do much better love. And another reason why I don't like this movie, this little douchebag doesn't get his comeuppance after the Halloween dance he's never seen again because of a deleted scene where he gets arrested after fighting with Alison in the streets. Ah... <sighs> On to bisexual, pansexual, whatever the fuck sexual, BFF of Alison, the toady Oscar, played by Drew Scheid. At first he seems like a good guy, telling Alison she could do much better. After a few drinks of her, he's as bad as Cameron is with octopus hands. I'm guessing he's a male feminist. Hmm. Cut to one of the many nods to the Halloween movies, as Alison is taking the same English class, talking about the same subject, fate, as Laurie did 40 years earlier. Except, it's not Michael stalking her, but it's as Laurie from across the street. On to Laurie, handing Alison the three grand in cash, telling her to use it for whatever her, 
heart desires, but to get out of town for Halloween. Yet Alison doesn't want to take it. Bullshit! Of all the absolute crap that's in this movie, this is the biggest piece of crap right here. A 17-year-old passing up free grand in cash? Fuck right off. Cut to Laurie blowing apart mannequins and targets with a Winchester and Magnum revolver. She then cleans it and preps the rest of her guns. Yeah. Back to our podcasters in some cheap motel listening to yet more state evidence as Dr. Loomis Soundalike rants about killing Michael Myers because he's pure evil. Cut to that night as Michael along with dozens of more patients are getting transferred. As outside a drunk, tearful, afraid lorry watches with Magnum in hand. Two things here. A. Wouldn't you have Hannibal lectured Michael's ass? And B. If Laurie would have followed that transfer school bus, maybe she could have stopped Dr. Loomis Light from letting Michael escape. Moving on to an uncomfortable dinner with Alison, her parents, and golden boy Cameron. Thankfully, Laurie barges in and breaks up this terrible dialogue by chugging a glass of red wine and then ranting about Michael. So basically, she's playing Kerry Tate from Halloween H2O 20 years earlier, but with a gun fetish, of course. Alison runs outside to stop Laurie from walking into traffic. And where did this suicidal Laurie come from again? One minute she's a superwoman gun-toting mama, and the next she's a binge-drinking suicidal basket case. Okay then. Cut to Karen's childhood as an eight-year-old little girl getting trapped to fire a gun and to kickbox. Then at 12, she's taken into care. She talks about all the trauma and paranoia. Yet, she doesn't act like it at all. Not one scene of her taking one pill. Never mind cracking up once. Utter fucking bullshit. That's not how trauma works. This movie is utter crap. Oh, God almighty. She's even, at the end of this fucking movie, handling a sniper rifle, being a badass. I mean, the feminist power is fucking strong in this movie. Jesus Christ, this fucking movie unrealistically so, may I add. If these two women are supposed to be paranoid and basket cases, then where the fuck does all this strength come from? Is it the, quote, mama bear instinct? On to Michael's escape, as a father and son find a crashed bus. The father is played by Brian Gregory, who's arguing with his son, Lumpy. Who the fuck calls her son Lumpy? Played by Vince Mattis. About get going hunting, a mansport, versus dance class, a sissy thing. However, the son says, why can't I do both? And I see homophobia is still strong in the heartland of America then. Yay. Anyway, the father checks out the, the crashed bus and quickly is killed off screen. So the son checks out the crash armed with his sniper rifle, because of course he does. Finding the bus crashed, he shoots a jump-scaring Dr. Loomis Light in the arm, and then runs back to the truck to be killed by Michael. hoo ah, Michael kills a kid. Scandalous! One wee thing here. What if this wee boy shot Loomis Light square between the eyes? No surprise! He's a bad guy all along. On to Officer Hawkins, played by Will Patton, answering the 911 call, finding the crash and injured Loomis Light. Cut to Halloween morning. As we see our podcasting, uh, podcasters rather, tracking down Judith Myers' grave as from the bushes, Michael watches on. Ooh, spooky. 
in hospital, Sheriff Baker, played by Omar J. Dorsey, tells Hawkins they'll round up all the escape patients, all but one. Michael Myers. Ooh. By the way, they got all these hundreds, well, dozens of patients in one night. You kidding? Back to our podcast heroes, as Michael has stopped him to a gas station and kills them both brutally to get his hands on the mask. It is on! The new shape is now played by James Jude Courtney, and he's back in full killing form. Kill everybody on fucking set, and then kill the writers and fucking producers and directors and whoever the fuck else thought this was a good idea. This killing is a nod to both H2O and Rob Zombie's Halloween. Aaron has his neck smashed in as Karen gets her neck snapped. Seemed Michael was busy as he's killed absolutely everyone in this fucking garage. Just to get his hands on the coveralls. How very Halloween for. Laurie hears about the bus crash on the news. So, locks up the house, arms herself, then heads down to a panic room. Hmm. Cut to later that day as Karen turns home to find Laurie in her house with her favourite handgun. She's quickly thrown out after Laurie scolds her for a lack of security. As back to Hawkins, who finds Michael's handiwork at the gas station. He notices Laurie watching on from the crowd, and gosh, she's busy. Cut to that night. It's Halloween night. As Michael is now free to kill out random. Another callback, as three kids are seen wearing the Silver Shamrock mask from Halloween 3. So is Silver Shamrock uh, in continuity then? Does that mean Halloween 3 is in continuity? Okay then. After all, in Halloween 3, the original Halloween movie was just that, a movie. So Halloween 3 is in continuity then. Okay then. Why isn't that mentioned that fucking almost 38 years, actually 38 years earlier, hundreds of kids were supposed to be killed by the flashing shamrock or whatever. Maybe the fuck right on, John. Good for all with a bloody idea. Yet another callback as Michael kills a random housewife with a hammer just to get his knife. Okay, technically he killed the fat guard with a hammer and a halloween too, but I'm still counting it, so fuck off. Also, Michael doesn't kill the baby screaming in the cot. If he is pure evil, as Loomis says, shouldn't he have killed the baby? Or is this a callback to Zombies Halloween where Michael didn't kill Boo slash Angel? Another callback, and boy, this is coming thick and fast. I'm guessing this was Carpenter adding these in to please the gorehounds. Also to remind them, this is actually a Halloween movie, and not some boring character study about a basic case, or some even worse teen melodrama. As Michael kills a teen at a gospel on the telephone, a callback to Halloween too, except more brutal, but of course. Cut to the school dance, and... Guess what? There's a gender fuck Bonnie and Clyde. How very stunning and brave. Alison is dressed as Clyde, whereas Cameron is dressed as Bonnie. Groundbreaking. Vicky, remember her? Mm. Calls Alison to bitch and moan. She has to babysit and she's missing at all in the fun. And boy, is she babysitting man of my pet peeves. A smart arse kid. Julian, played by Jabril Nam Taboo. He tries to sass-talk her about smoking weed. So she hits him with, Shut the fuck up, you little brat. I'm going to tell your mother about your internet history. <sighs> Thankfully, Michael kills her and her dumbass boyfriend, Dave, who shot to get dry-humped to death until Michael bobs his ass after killing her. Meanwhile, back at the dance, Cameron is over some school skank and is drinking. So Alison dumps his ass, but not before he throws her cell phone in the dip. After Laurie tries in vain to warn her, Michael is on the loose. 
Oscar sees this and goes in to try to charm his way into Alison's pants. By the way, I'll take it in today's team world. If you have a six-pack and even Debbie good-looking, you can get away with murder. Because this little fuck nuggle, nuggle, nugget should have been booted in the balls and fucking dumped months ago. Cut to Laurie, now hunting for Michael in her truck. As back to Vicky, who is getting killed by Michael. Over a police radio, Laurie hears someone has reported a domestic abuse. So she rushes over to find Michael in the bedroom. She fires her gun, but it's a reflection in a mirror. Because logic? I don't know the fuck knows why. Ooh, a scary boogeyman. Hawkins checks out the house, finding Michael's handiwork, i.e. Dave nailed to the wall, and Vicky's body under a sheet, with the love-eyed jack-o'-lantern floating in a fish tank. Running around the side of the house, Laurie shoots Michael in the shoulder with no effect, then almost breaks Hawkins' nose after he sneaks up behind her. By the way, that is a point-blank range with that fucking magnum. I've done more damage than I Oh, my shoulder. No, bullshit. Sirens fill the air and cop cars screech up to take away the bodies. Here, Laurie is introduced to Dr. Loomis Light and she doesn't give two fucks. She just blows him off. And wait a minute here. This is the first time he has met Laurie. How? If he's supposed to be Dr. Loomis's protege, then why is this the first time they're meeting? Hasn't he had Mike on his case since 1995? Moving the fuck right on. Oscar is walking Allison home all alone. There's not a soul on the streets. Bullshit! This town would be crawling with police and or gossip merchants. Here he tries to hit on her, so she fights him off, leaving him to be killed by Michael. Like I said, male feminists can't be trusted girls. Back to Loomis Light, telling Hawkins he wants to know what it feels like to kill. Hello, red flag. The other cops, along with Laurie, go to Karen's house to get them to safety, i.e. Laurie's cabin in the woods. Okay. Back to Oscar, who is stalked and killed by Michael. First by stabbing him and then impaling him on a fence, as you do. Allison hears this and runs to see Oscar's dead body. Running from Michael, she screams until she gets someone to open a door. Take that, Halloween 78. Hawkins is then called to pick her up. Now Dr. Loomis Light has bait. He turns on Hawkins after he runs over Michael. Puts on them. After Hawkins has runs over Michael. He goes out to check on Michael. So Dr. Loomis Light puts on a mask and slices Hawkins up using his pen scalpel thingy. Which by the way has a skull and spider on it. Hello, a bad guy. Nobody notices this fucking thing. Meanwhile, back in her home, Laurie arms up, giving Ray a gun and forcing Karen to get into the panic room and hands her a rifle, where she takes a pump-action shotgun. As back to Loomis Light, he's killed Hawkins and stuck Michael in with Allison, driving her to Laurie's house, and how the fuck does he know where she lives? Moving on, the two dumb cops, which is a nod to Halloween 5. I swear to God, all needed was a fucking stupid clown music and the stupid sound effects, and these were perfect Halloween 5 fodder. Uh, who are protecting Laurie's property? Oh, dear God. Talking dumb shit about pet lunches, and who the fuck wrote this crap? I swear to God, I was about a foot off my fucking seat in the cinema, begging this shit to end in this fucking cinema. Back to Loomis Light, unhinged, as he born villain monologues to Allison as to why he did this. I have to find out what Michael does when he's free. Also to find out what happens if he met Laurie one more time. 
Alison tells him Michael spoke to her and if he'll let her go, she'll tell him what he said. This works. Uh, Satan stops the car just outside Laurie's land. Handy that. As Michael crushes him against the steering wheel, then drags his ass out to be curb stomped to death, giving Alison time to run for it. She runs into the woods away from Laurie's house. Meanwhile, the two dumb cops are next. Back to Laurie as she preps her house for Michael's arrival. How does she know Sertan was bug nuts? Did she read the script? Must have. Meanwhile, Alison is running through the woods away from Laurie's complex. As back at the house, Ray is next to be killed by Michael using wind chimes after he spots the cop car pulling up outside the house on the CCTV cameras. He finds that both cops are killed. One is beheaded, turned into a jack-o'-lantern, and the other is stabbed to death. How did Michael get the cop car past the security gate? Who cares? Michael chokes the useless Ray to death as he fires off his gun. This alerts Laurie. It is on! Laurie versus Michael 3! Laurie sends Karen down into the panic room as she fights with Michael at the door. And by the way, why is this an easily smashed down glass panel door? Shouldn't it be a metal fire door with deadlocks for fuck's sake? She's supposed to be super paranoid and shit and blah 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 blah. Michael smashes the glass, grabbing Laurie, choking her and then smashing her face into the door. So Laurie blows off fucking three fingers on his hand. So he's fucked holding a knife then. With that, she returns to the panic room to put on all the floodlights and await. Michael now inside. So Laurie grabs her Winchester repeater and hunts him down, going from room to room, stealing all the doors with shutters as she does. One wee thing here. Why not close all the rooms beforehand if, you know, Michael was on the fucking loose? Finally, she finds him in the mannequin storeroom and they face off. As back in the woods, Alison is still running from no one. Shouldn't she have, oh, I don't know, stopped to make sure she's still getting fucking chased? Idiot teen. Oh yes, and there's a cutscene where it finds out she's a track view running star type thing. Anyway, she magically runs into Laurie's complex with dozens of bullet wounds fucking scattered mannequins everywhere. And has weird sound effects which scares her. Uh, how did she get on this complex if it had an electrified fence all the way around it with one way in and out? Who the fuck cares? There's 30 minutes left. I don't give a shit. Back to the face off. Wait, hold on a second here. Michael went outside to pick up Ray's body to put it in the closet for a jump scare without Laurie hearing or seeing this. The fuck? Anyway, face off time, Michael jumps Laurie from behind, she drops her rifle, so fights him off with a hunting knife, which Michael quickly disarms her, and stabs her in the guts with, and then tries to choke her with the missing fingered hand. But she bites him, so he throws out a window, and she lands on the ground. Call back time, when he looks out, she's gone. Alison has made her, back, her way back to the house. Karen gets her in the panic room just in time as Michael stalks her. Michael starts to rip open the door, which is a kitchen island, but surprise! Karen is waiting for him, rifle in hand, and blows away half his fucking neck. And my god, my eyes almost rolled clean around my head in the cinema. I had my coat on and my bag hovering about ten feet above the fucking seat. I was done! Finished! Kaput! Over! Another callback. 
Laurie comes out of the shadows, underlit, just like Michael did in Halloween 78. She stabs him with a butcher's knife and then brains him with an iron frying plan, knocking him down into the panic room. Surprise, surprise! It's not a panic room, but a death trap. As with a pull of a lever, swords or spikes, whatever the fuck it is, seal the entrance, gas fills the air, which ignites and the whole place goes up in fire flames. Firelight? Fire flames? Flames! As Laurie and company run for their lives, a truck pulls up to take them to safety. The camera pans out to Allison, who is holding onto a knife she tacked Michael with and grips it menacingly. Yeah, no, they're not going to play that card. They tried this trick twice before and didn't pull the trigger, so fuck off for that one. As credits roll to Michael, heavy breathing. So that was Halloween 2018. Unscary, terrible dialogue, dumb, and I just didn't give two fucks. This Blumhouse Blumhouse trilogy should kill the franchise dead if this is where it's heading. I was bored and wanted out 10 minutes in. I don't like what they did to Laurie. Far too many callbacks and I hated the new soundtrack. It sounds too much like Carpenter's earlier work, i.e. The Fog. So for that, it is getting 0 out of 10. I mean, people shit on how bad Halloween H2 was, but give me that any day of the fucking year over this piece of garbage. Hell, give me a roll zombies Halloween 2 over this shit. Still, come back next week as I kick off Night of November, which includes Night of the Living Dead, Night of the Creeps and Night of the Demons. December is End of the Road Movies. January is Jurassic Park. February is Fierce Female February. And March is Not So Marvelous March. Don't forget to like, share, comment and subscribe. Also follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's at Pod. You can email me movie suggestions to Here's a Johnny's Reviews at gmail.com. Check out my other horror franchise podcasts, such as House, Hellraiser, Psycho, Resident Evil, and more. Also, my solo horror podcast of Screen, and we did last summer, The Stuff, and many more. While we're at it, check out my second podcast, The Schlocky Horror Podcast Show, where every fortnight, myself and my co-host look at the best of the bad, all things B to Z, available on Anchor. A bye, and remember, I watch these bad things so you don't have to. Oh, and happy Halloween. Happy Halloween.